0: What is your business going to look like 6, 12, 18 months from now? That's what this episode of the Local Business Podcast is all about. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Local Business Podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. On today's podcast, I am interviewed by Michael Stelzner for the Social Media Marketing podcast, which comes out every Friday. So you're getting a little bit of a sneak peek at this episode that's going to be coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this live. Michael asked me to join him on his podcast for a second time, which is pretty cool to be asked to come back. And on this episode, we talk about how local businesses can deal with, maneuver through, and come out on the other end successful from this whole coronavirus situation that we're in right now. You know there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to what business is going to look like and when this is going to end but from all the people that we've talked to all the clients that we have we have a good idea of what you can expect about not expecting anything, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And we talk about that, or I talk about that with Michael on this podcast episode right now. So this is an episode, I get interviewed, Michael Stelzer does a really good job of interviewing, and it's this is an interview with me, but we talk a lot about brainstorming ideas on this podcast episode. So if you're a local business owner, and you're looking to figure out what you should be doing now, and for the next few months, maybe even a year, take a listen to this podcast episode with Michael Stelzner and myself where we chat and discuss what we think you should do. If you need to get a hold of me, you can go over to Instagram. I am at the Bruce Irving. You'll see the show notes for this episode as well over at thebruceirving.com and of course, check out Michael Stelzner's podcast. Social Media Marketing podcast comes out every Friday. Great podcast. I get a lot of ideas and inspiration from that podcast with Michael and if It happens next year, Social Media Marketing World 21, great marketing podcast if you are, not marketing podcast, great marketing event in San Diego if you're looking to learn about YouTube, LinkedIn, all of that good stuff. So let's get into today's episode with Michael Stelzner and me.
1: Today I'm very excited to be joined by Bruce Irving. If you don't know who Bruce is, he's a local business marketing pro. He's the host of the Local Business Podcast and host of the Smart Pizza Podcast marketing podcast. Bruce, welcome back to the show.
0: Michael, thanks for having me back again.
1: So today Bruce and I are going to explore how local businesses can market during uncertain times. We are recording this in the middle of April 2020 in the midst of the COVID-19 global pandemic and this is not going to get dropped for about a month from recording. So we're going to we're going to make some hypotheses that some of this stuff is going to still be going on for a while. Ah, uh, the truth of the matter is that as of today, customers are afraid and a lot of them are not thinking about wanting to go back into any local businesses, especially local businesses where people gather close together. And given that, you know what should local businesses do to be top of mind, Bruce, especially when they're forced to be closed? Like what can we do if we own a local business to just make sure we're, you know, front of brain, if you will, for when things do open back up.
0: I think the first thing you have to do is not bury your head in the sand and just hide and uh, think about how bad things are and, you know, what happened to your business. I think you really have to take a proactive approach and show up every single day and reassure your customers that you're still around. You're going to be around when this is over. And Let them know or educate them on whatever changes you are making in your business to adapt to the current circumstances that we're in right now. Because, you know, who knows how long this is going to last and who knows what the new normal is going to look like when we do get out of this. I think there's a lot of local businesses out there that are going to be completely different even when we do get out of this Corona thing. You know, there's going to be a lot of businesses that aren't going to be able to ever go back to the way they were before when this is all over. And I think you need to start worrying about that or looking at the plan for the future that you have and then talk to your customers about that moving forward.
1: So obviously uh, you come from the pizza background and I'm thinking about bars, restaurants, uh, experiences where maybe there's kids activities you know, whether it's a restaurant or not, any kind of place where people are coming and spending an hour or a few hours inside of a local business. Um, what are things that you've seen local businesses do to kind of stay top of mind? Because a lot of people are like, well, what are we going to say? We can't say every day, hey, do you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, but that would get old pretty fast. Right. So what, what give us a couple of ideas of how, when we are shut down, we could somehow be present on social, what do you see in others do? I think you should
0: come up with some sort of show uh, and use social media as a tool to get that show out to people. If Mm. you're closed down, so we're in the restaurant space. I deal with restaurants that have dine-in and then there's restaurants that have takeout delivery. And the takeout delivery aspect of the restaurant industry kind of is okay. I talk to a lot of restaurants that do delivery, they do curbside pickup, and they're telling me that You know, they're not doing the sales that they used to, but a vast majority of them are only down 10 or 15% because they were able to pivot and, you know, get away from that dine in experience and move to that pickup curbside delivery experience. Right. But then there's that whole other aspect of the restaurant space that was solely focused on people going to their restaurant, having a meal, sitting down, enjoying an hour or two, maybe having a bottle of wine or some drinks. And they can't do that anymore. So they're closed. So what are they going to do? They need to stay top of mind with their customers when they are able to open, whenever that is. And I, I honestly think that you need to go to social media and you need to come up with some sort of show. That could be a daily show. It could be a weekly show. It could be something where you show up and use Facebook or Instagram. I mean, there's so many platforms in which you can do that nowadays. And educate, talk to your customers about what you're doing in your business. Be honest with them. And show them the processes and systems you're putting in place so that way when when they do come back to you and they are able to come back into your restaurant, they have seen you for the last however many weeks that was and they don't forget about you. Because I think that's the most important thing. When you close down, you know, customers have a short attention span. And if you're not showing up or around, they're going to really forget about you when this whole thing ends.
1: Right. Because if they had a habit of coming into your restaurant, they've now developed a new habit and you want to bring them back into that old habit. Now, when you say show, some people are freaking out a little bit. What do you mean show? Like, tell, <laughs> tell me more.
0: <laughs> I Totally. Everybody just freaked out right now. <laughs> and I, don't overthink it. I think a lot of people overthink the live thing, right? You don't necessarily have to go live, the, but I do push live over, over pre-recorded. And I'll tell you why. The reason I tell people to go live is because I see the people we talk to and work with, if they have a, if they record a video, they have a tendency to overanalyze it and delete it a thousand times before they put it out. Mm. And I always think done is better than perfect. And when you do something, even in the beginning, you're going to stink at it. You just need to be okay with that. And if you do it consistently over time, you will increasingly improve over the vast majority of that time you're doing it. And you just need to go and do it. And realize that when you do a live show, no one's probably going to come in the beginning anyway. But then as you do it more consistently over time, you're going to improve and more people will come and they'll see that improvement. And it just stops you from deleting those videos versus just putting it out.
1: You know, I kind of think this is a great idea and I'd love to ideate with you for a second here. Just imagine you have a nice fancy restaurant. And people are kind of missing that restaurant experience, but you know, because you've got servers who know how to create a great experience. What if once a week you went live and you showed people how to set a nice table, how to, you know, so that they can try to recreate the restaurant experience while they're home, right? And you could just talk about the little subtle things that you could do with your spouse or with someone that you're dating uh, to try to create an intimate experience in your very own home right yeah. and maybe the next maybe the next time might be um here's how to select a wine pairing with your food right and i would just think utilitarian useful things i don't know i'm just go with me what else you got i mean what what else could people do i think you're on the right
0: path i think you should show people how you make your products and serve what you serve mm-hmm. you're i know you're a disney fan as am i Yeah. Recently, Disney started releasing all of their recipes for the products and snacks that you all know from Disneyland, how to make churros at home, how to make dole whips at home, how to make Tonga toast at home. They they started releasing on social media uh, videos and recipe guides for how you can experience those classics in your own home because no one can go to Disney right now. Right. I think you can take that example and do the same thing in your restaurant. Listen, I'm home, right? Like, me and you don't have essential businesses, Mike, unfortunately. We're not allowed to go anywhere. We're stuck in our house. Right. So is my wife. So are my kids. And trust me, as much as we love cooking, we're sick of the same five recipes we make every single night. I want to know what else I can make. I want to know what that restaurant uh, sandwich is that they're famous for, how I can make that at home. And if you show a video of you doing that or you have a Tuesday night cooking class where I can come and learn something new that I can make with my family and enjoy, then I'm going to show up. I'm gonna try to recreate that recipe at home, and then I'm gonna come back for the next one if I was successful at it.
1: I love that, and then you can encourage people when you're, you know, I I think cooking would be so cool live. I mean, honestly, all you really need to do is just, you know, get your chef and have him hook up a camera and figure out how to do it right, and just show off some cool things that you can do at home with the things that you have at home. Yeah, and and uh, you know, of course, it's brought to you by restaurant X Y Z and encourage people to tag their friends. And it's just one of those kind of things that could turn out to be some of the best marketing you've ever done. Because some of that stuff could last for a very long time, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, I'll give you another example. Uh, My friend, Mike, who has a pizzeria, or like six pizzerias in New Jersey, Tony Bolognese is the name of his restaurant. Uh, Funny name. He, every Sunday for the last four weeks, has been going live on Instagram having a cooking class. He was teaching how to make strombolis, how to make fresh mozzarella, how to make pizza, and he sells pizza kits that go along with this. So all the week long leading up to his Sunday night live at 5 p.m., he's going on social media saying, hey, we have these pizza kits. It's two dough balls. It's sausage, cheese, or whatever combination of items he needs for that live video. And people direct message him, send him his email. He sells them the products, and then every Sunday at 5 o'clock, he's going live demonstrating the process of making that. Now, here's a little twist to it. He does it from his house and he has two little kids and he involves his sons in the process. So it's like him trying to make fresh mozzarella and his two-year-old son's like climbing all over him. It's like pretty funny. makes you human.
1: That's really cool. I love that. Now, there's also going to be a situation where, um, you know, this pandemic uh, government uh, lockdown kind of thing has been lifted. And it's probably going to be lifted in regions small, you know, short, you know, not the whole world is going to lift at once, right? But certain regions are going to lift, right? And there's still going to be people that are scared to go back. So let's assume that someone in the future is listening to this and the restrictions have been lifted and people are free to go back into restaurants, but they're not really going back in the restaurants. So what ought we do from a marketing perspective, assuming that that has already, that mandate's already been lifted to just kind of encourage and incentivize people to come into the restaurant.
0: I think you need to look at your business before you even get to that point and say, "How how am I making my money in my business? And if you are a business that's closed right now because you can't have customers come to you, you need to look at your business model and say, all right, how can I prevent this from happening in the future? Because I'll tell you one thing, my wife, she's a little different than me. She goes to the grocery store, and she comes home, and you would think she's coming home with a dead body. There's trash bags all over the floor. There's (laughs) sanitizer wipes everywhere. She's just paranoid that she's going to bring it home. Like, we got to get naked outside. It's just unbelievable. Um, (laughs) So she's the type of person who's going to be going back into the – you know, into these restaurants, but she's not going to go lightly. She's going to want to be like, you know what, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. So I think you need to come up with some ways where you could sell products and not the same way you did before. Like, how can you sell online? How can you sell uh, maybe some courses or some uh, tutorial videos that you can sell and monetize in a different way? So you have multiple streams of income. So when this is over, you know, if there is a second wave of this or something else does happen in the future, you're not caught like you are now and completely closed with no revenue.
1: I like that. So for example, if you're a restaurant, you could have cooking classes uh, during certain off times of the day, I would imagine. Even even, you know, and I know we're focusing on restaurants here, but I would imagine restaurants could reconfigure their seating so that there's a little more distance between people, so they feel a little more comfortable coming in. Do you anticipate that's going to happen?
0: I think you, that's going to have to be mandatory. I, don't, I think you should anticipate that as being mandatory, even if when everything opens back up again. I can't foresee in the next six to 12 months where we go back to being around large crowds. When we do open, uh, for restaurants especially, I think you're going to reopen kind of how we close down, where there was that six or 10 foot uh, your buffer zone between people. Mm. And I think that's going to be the new normal for a long time.
1: Do you think it's going to be really important to uh, for these businesses to use social media to convey the precautions that they're taking to make sure that their physical business is safe for people to come into?
0: Yes. I'm seeing a lot of companies that I don't want to say we're opposed to social media, but maybe they weren't quick to adapt and they were like, eh, our business is fine. We don't really need to get on Instagram. I'm seeing a lot of those businesses hurting more because what are we doing at home? I'm on I'm not watching the news or I'm not going to the phone book or I'm not calling your business and asking you, Hey, can I ask you a couple questions about your business? Are you wearing gloves? Do you have a mask on? <laughs> right. How do I order from you? Like you don't do that. You go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, you go to Twitter and you look up these businesses to see what they're doing. And I think those businesses that were slow to adapt to social media are scrambling to get on there and show what they're doing because the businesses that have been on there for a while and already have that in place, people trust more right now.
1: I think that's a really good point. If you're running a local business or a client of yours has got a local business and there has not been kind of a uh, clean environment, you know, historically in your local business. And this is particularly going to be true for gyms, right? Yes. And other places where people come in and they just kind of sweat and bodily fluids are everywhere.
0: Sounds like my gym.
1: Yeah. I think you're going to, I think that, that these local businesses are going to have to take a A a more stronger stance that says, Look, hey, we are super careful about cleanliness, and here's the things that we're doing. Um, You know, I mean, I'm just thinking hair salons, I'm thinking of all these different kinds of places, right? They're just going to have to be over communicative about these things because no communication is bad in this situation, right? People will presume you're not doing. Um, the precautionary measures that are necessary unless you can convince them that you are. I think that's going to be their their natural state. Don't you agree?
0: 100%. And the people who are showing up now, like I've seen a ton of posts on Facebook about how long dudes' hairs are getting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like why, if you're a barbershop, I haven't seen one video of a barbershop teaching people how to cut hair at home. The, but right. the first person who does that is going to get recognized and be like, you know what, my haircut stinks because for the last 12 weeks I've been using your video to try to cut it at home and now I did such a bad job, can you help me out?
1: Yeah, but some of those people listening right now are like, I don't wanna teach people how to do it, then they won't come into my business at all. What do you wanna say to that?
0: I say you gotta have a different mentality, right? Like I think you're right, some of those people won't, but I'll tell you what, my wife's my wife used to be a hairdresser in a former life, and it's not an easy job. So if you think you can just show, watch three videos and give yourself a great haircut, it ain't happening.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's focus in on some of the creative things that you've seen local businesses doing during this time to, to generate business because this is not the first time – that everyone listening is going to experience businesses shut down. There's going to be fires. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be natural disasters. There's going to be other situations where you're going to have to close a flood yeah. in your restaurant. You know what I mean? So now that everybody's kind of closed, we've seen some really interesting and creative things like, for example, the guy that was selling the pizza ingredients is what are some of the other things that you've seen uh, local businesses doing to kind of generate some some revenue?
0: So I'm going to pull up one here and i uh, Forgive me, because I'm going to take a second. There's a tuxedo, not a tuxedo, a tailor place, Mm. 9Tailor, and they create suits and clothes. And they're a tailor shop. You go in there, you get your clothes tailored. What they've done recently is they've pivoted to creating and making masks that people can purchase for people on the front lines, which I thought was really creative and cool, especially now.
1: Ah, That's fascinating because they're taking the craft of of actually sewing and making materials and they're just making something different that they know is in high demand using the resources they already have at their disposal.
0: Right. Because I don't know about you, but in my area, if you go outside now or go into any public place, a mask is mandatory, but they don't want you to use the medical masks. They want you to kind of be creative and make something at home. So what they're doing is they're just creating masks for people to purchase that look cool and are designed really well because they're tailors. And they're letting consumers buy those for when they go outside. Now, that's not a business model that's going to be able to be used for a long time. But it's a good, quick pivot to keep your business going.
1: Another one that I uh, experienced is I drive a Lexus and there was a recall on my car. And when I got it last service before all this, they didn't have the parts in. So they called me literally early in the pandemic and they said, hey, we've got free pickup We'll come, take your car, repair your car, and bring it back to you at no cost. I thought that was really freaking cool because I'm not using my car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's just sitting in the garage. And I thought that was a really creative way that they uh, were offering a service by basically bringing, you know, uh, someone to my home. And if you think about the complexity of this, they would have to bring two people to my house, right? Right in a car so that one could drive away with my car and one could drive away with the other vehicle that got them here. I didn't end up taking them up on it because I figured I'll just wait. But I still thought that was a super creative way of um, coming to me to service me.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. My, I have another example for you. Um, I have another friend who owns a restaurant pizzeria. It's Zeroni's Pizzeria in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Not a very big town but it's a superhero-themed restaurant. Now, that doesn't really have anything to do with this example, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That's cool. Um, So what he did, he did did this, kind of set it up before this happened. Now, he didn't know this whole thing was going to happen, but what he was doing for the last... 5 months him and i have been communicating and he set up a private facebook group for his community and what he was doing was he was putting specials in there almost like a vip club but it was only for people in his community but he was also helping people out like if someone needed a meal they were hungry maybe they lost their job he would just supply them with a meal and that mm. turned into this huge group for his area there's like 6 or 7000 people in that group now and as soon as this whole catastrophe hit that group completely supported his business and helped him out because he did that for the last four or five months. And now he's creating packages for people in need in the area, like these little meal kits. So he's asking his distributors for items. He packages them together, almost like a, like a mini convenience store that he's been giving to people who are, maybe they have lost their job or or they're down on their luck and they don't have any money right now and they need some food. So what what happened with him doing that is he got on TV and then he got something like 10 or $15,000 in money donations for someone to pay for those so that he could hand them out.
1: Oh, that's totally cool. And see, this is what's amazing is he provided a service to the community in a Facebook group and the community decided to pay him back and then he got some press and then he got more donations and now, He's all over the place, and it's amazing press for him. And I'm sure when he opens back up, there's going to be a lot of happy customers coming, right?
0: Yeah, and he's a place where he was doing a lot of buffets and a lot of lunch stuff. So he had to completely stop that because no one's going to go to a buffet right now or however right. long that's going to be in the future.
1: Right. Okay, so the next question I've got is what should we be doing uh, – how can I say this? How should we be showing up um, when we can't sell – at all. And I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but you know, let, there are some local businesses like it's just absolutely impossible for, for them to sell at all. And we may have already answered this, but when, you know, when we cannot sell at all and it's impossible for us to sell, the things that we should be doing to show up are the things that we talked about earlier, right? Was there anything else that we skipped on that or no? We I, we, we pretty much covered that, right?
0: Yeah. I think you just need to look at the systems you have in place in your business. In, in, you have time now. You may, you may not be open and all of those little items, maybe that system you wanted to put in place or maybe those photos or those videos you really wanted to do, but you just didn't have the time to do it. Now is your time to implement all of that. I was talking to Uh, Marcus Sheridan, who you know, on our podcast uh, last week or the week before, and he was saying, listen, it's time to double down on your content. Don't be one of those companies that is afraid to market right now. I think your message matters and you want to be on point with your message. But you want to show up consistently and double down on your message and on the platforms which you hang out because now you have time on your hands and you don't want the next six weeks to go by and you didn't show up at all and then all of a sudden, all right, everything's back open. You're like, hey, here I am again. Remember me? I, was doing, I used to be here and now I'm back. But customers are like, where the heck have you been for the last eight weeks? You need to be consistently showing up every single day now.
1: Yeah, and I think part of what we could be doing in our downtime for those of us that own a local business is be thinking about a content marketing play. For example, maybe we should start a podcast and, you know, take our expertise on the air, if you will. Or maybe we should start writing articles for the local, whatever the local publications are inside of your community, right? Like if there's a local blog, or a newspaper that's online, maybe we could put some of those craft that craft together and provide some free value, or maybe we could start our own blog, or maybe we could just start thinking about our strategy for the future, because I think that the thing that probably took most local businesses by surprise is nobody could have anticipated a full stop, right? Yeah, right? Nobody could have ever anticipated a full stop, and if anything, you know, man, I bet you a lot of these businesses wish they had email addresses, right? Because 100%. If, if they had email addresses and they could figure out a way to collect those email addresses, they could do, for example, what Chipotle has been doing, right? I don't know if you're on their thing or not, but Chipotle emails like every other day with just interesting things that, that they know their audience is interested in and it's constantly, they're top of mind and One of my kids, like almost every week is like, let's do pickup for Chipotle, you know, and that's because they have a content strategy. So, and they're delivering that message over email. So I guess my my transition to my next question is when this whole thing does come back, how can we be collecting email addresses from our customers and what should we do with that to kind of be in constant communication with them? Because it's going to matter COVID-19 or not, I think
0: hundred percent. And you know what? I'm a big advocate of email because these platforms can change. You know, you build a Facebook group and then all of a sudden they want to put ads in that Facebook group. And now you can't reach as many people as you thought you could. So email is one thing that you own. I know you've had a, a million shows about email marketing and we've heard it all before, but now it's more important than ever because no matter what happens on these platforms, you still can communicate with your customers. And the the good thing that what I do with our clients is we're a lot of restaurant owners and we do a lot of online ordering. So when someone orders online, they have to input their email address, which we collect when they order. So come up with some sort of strategy so you can incentivize your customers to give you their email. Maybe it's give them a coupon code. Maybe it's give them a deal. Maybe it's have a special event. Uh, Maybe it's every time they order online from you, come up with some sort of online ordering where they go to get a good deal if they do it online only, and then that way you can capture their email, which you're right, Mike, you need to communicate with them through email in the future.
1: Well, and I think it's so important. I mean, obviously, my business is, is mostly online with the exception of the physical conference that everybody comes to, but most of what we do is online, and we get all of our sales pretty much online, and I think... If local businesses begin to take a uh, page out of the playbook for online businesses they could go really far for example you know e- you know what an ebook is right like a lot of people yeah. offer these reports and ebooks for free um, what if you put some sort of um, guide to cooking steaks if you're a steakhouse together and you offer it for free in exchange for an email? Or what if you, you know, have a video series that you deliver over email, right? In a drip campaign, right? Like we're going to go ahead. Uh, are you interested in, in learning how to create these awesome desserts that we sell? Yeah. You know, uh, give us your email address and uh, we'll email you video instructions once a week on how to do amazing desserts from home. And then, you know, another way of doing it, obviously, is to offer them some sort of an immediate discount on the spot. If they're willing to give their email address, or maybe you could set up a frequent diner program. I don't know. Are those things popular? By the way, the you know the frequent diner kind of thing, or is that kind of a thing of the past?
0: I mean, it is popular. We use a little bit of Messenger Bot too. Messenger Bot's a great way to collect people's information. You know, tell instead, everybody
1: more about how you do that with when it comes to a restaurant. So we just
0: run ads. We connect. We connect to a tool like ManyChat, and we'll set up an ad where we'll send out a discount to an ad and it could be people who either know you or they have visited your website or they've watched one of your videos and that ad is based on one of those actions and by doing one of those things, watching a video, going to the website, we'll place an ad in front of them that says, hey, you want, we saw that you were on this page looking at this item, would you want 10% off this? Just click this button or type a comment below to get the coupon code and then it just triggers the bot where we collect their email address, their phone number and their name And then it just distributes the coupon through Facebook Messenger.
1: What about digital copy of receipt? I mean, you know, I've seen so many restaurants nowadays that have these, you know, they just have a device and they scan the credit card and then they digitally sign it. And then if you want a receipt, you have to type in your email address. Is this becoming a more common thing? And is this also a good way to collect email addresses?
0: I mean, that's a great way to purchase things moving forward because i don't know about you but i don't want to touch another pen sign another slip at a restaurant ever again in my life right i want to just you know just take my card and email me everything else i'm good with it
1: yeah and you could you could have the uh person who's scanning the card type in the email address right what's your email we'll go ahead and email it to you uh we're going paper free or something right yeah but I, i would have met go ahead
0: a lot of the customers that we have use square and square I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it remembers your card if you were a customer at the specific location. So I go to a spot right down the street from me and I go once a week and I put my card in and it knows me now in the system because it has all my information saved and it just emails me the receipt. I don't have to do anything.
1: And I would imagine most of these systems do allow integrations with email management systems, right? So you can either export it or integrate it so you could send promotions or, or content. Oh yeah, of course. So um what about you know a lot of businesses especially local businesses might be thinking man I wish I had an online you know side of my business because I'm so reliant on the on the physical side of it. Right. And, and today it's motivated by COVID-19 tomorrow. Maybe it's motivated because a business moves out of town and a bunch of jobs are lost. Right. I mean, it could be almost anything, right. Or, Mm -hmm. or a, a train terminal shuts down and there's not as much foot traffic. So, you know, there's so many of these kinds of scenarios that happen all over the world. So, um, how, you know, what advice do you have for people who want to transition, Uh, at least a portion of their business to either online or delivery um, or even takeout? What's what's your feedback on that?
0: Well, I have good news for you. The good news is, if there is any good news is in this, anybody who's in your if your business is closed, most likely everybody else who sells the same product you sell is closed too. It's not like the guy across the street is open and thriving and you're closed. Right. So you have an opportunity to do the thing that you've always wanted to do. If you've always wanted to transition your business to online, get going with it. There's an opportunity there for you to do that. And the guy talk across- Talk about
1: that a little bit because I, I don't think a lot of people understand how big this whole online delivery thing is. I mean, talk to us about that a little bit.
0: I mean, it's huge. There's three companies, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub who are billion dollar companies who all they do is service online. They create ghost kitchens and they get people to order using SEO from a website that they get people to go to, and then they send the order off to the restaurant and then they go pick it up. You can do all of that yourself. You just have to have patience and time and put in the work. But all of that can be done on your own. If you create a website, um, you tell people that the website exists, you create content pushing people to that website, you can do that now. If you're closed, you have time to do that.
1: Well, and I would imagine some of these restaurants might not even have a physical walk-in location. They're just all doing online orders. Is that possible? Is that happening right now?
0: Oh yeah. I know five restaurants that don't even have a location that you can pick up or get it or walk into. It's a hundred percent digital, a hundred percent ghost
1: kitchen. So what does that mean? They're like just sharing an industrial kitchen or something or how are they doing this? So my, I have another friend, I keep mentioning my friends here. Rick Gruber from
0: Chicago has a pizzeria in Chicago. What he does is he uses Grubhub and Uber Eats, which are digital platforms people can order from, as a way to create new restaurants based out of his existing restaurant. So he's Whoa. a he's a pizzeria. Okay. And what he does is he'll go to Grubhub or Uber Eats and go on the website, and he'll create a salad company because he noticed that we have great salads, but when we search Grubhub for salads, we don't come up because our name's pizza. So he he created Rick Salads and all it is is a website and people order Rick Salads when they go to Grubhub and he's come up he comes up in the top 3 of search and it just emails him to his pizzeria as Rick Salads but he makes them from Rick's Pizza.
1: Fascinating. So it's almost like a business within a business.
0: Yes, and he does that to validate products. He's like, "You know what?" I may want to test some products out. I'm going to do it on Rick's salads because if Rick's salads goes out of business, I don't really care.
1: <laughs> that is totally cool. Now, what about beyond just um, you know the 10 mile radius kind of thing? Which I don't know how many miles. I'm assuming it's 10 miles or five miles. You know, for most restaurants. What about what about actually online where you're more of a national kind of thing? Is there, are, are you seeing some some people in your industry moving towards the ability to ship product? Uh, traditionally,
0: Yeah, there's a big movement for frozen product now, you know, especially in the restaurant space. People are trying to figure out how to create their items and freeze them. So that way they can either deliver them later or they can last longer to be delivered later if people move away. That's something that's happening right now. And I, I think people have the time to figure that out right now. Um, but it's if you're a national company, you probably already have some sort of online platform. Like Domino's is really one of the best digital companies out there. They just happen to serve pizza.
1: Tell us more because I'm not a regular Domino's customer. What are they doing exactly?
0: Me either. I hate their pizza by the way. So if they're listening, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> what is it about what they're doing though? They're just, just,
0: they're really smart when it comes to getting you to order online. Their pizza, there's their pizza is not great. Like there's probably a hundred pizzerias in your area that are better than Domino's pizza yet they sell more pizza than those people because they dominate digital. They know, what you're going to order because you've ordered from them before. They know what time you order, so they send you emails based on triggers from your past experiences there. They follow you online. They have called themselves a digital company that
1: happens to sell pizza. Huh. Absolutely fascinating. Is there anything else that we have not addressed that you think is important that we address for local businesses uh, when it comes to you know marketing in uncertain times?
0: Yeah, you know what? I want to circle back, if I can, to your question about people copying you or maybe not ordering from you or coming into your business if you share all your secrets. Can I do that? Yeah, please. So outside of the restaurant space, I want to give people an example. I know you know Roger Wakefield.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The he ex- is a plumber out of Texas.
0: He is a perfect example of that question you asked me. Isn't everybody going to steal your ideas and not, order, not not hire you to do that? He shares everything on YouTube and on LinkedIn. He shows you how to change the toilet, how to what happens if your toilet gets clogged. He shows you how to fix the sewer pipe to your house. He shows you everything on YouTube. He's got like 30,000 subscribers on YouTube as a local plumber. And he still gets local business, he does two things. So in the industry that I'm in, hospitality, you want customers and you want employees. And I've talked to Roger about this and his YouTube video not only gets him local customers from his area, but it also gets people who are interested in becoming a plumber. So he gets people who say, hey, Roger, can I work for you? Because I see your videos all the time and I wanna learn how to be a plumber. So he, he's getting the best of both worlds. He's getting customers and he's getting the hardest thing of all, which is employees who want to become plumbers.
1: That's amazing. Well, Bruce, um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Why don't you tell everybody where they can discover your podcasts, uh, the local business podcast and the smart pizza marketing podcast if they want to check it out. And if they want to follow you, where would you send them?
0: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm the Bruce Irving, and then you can go to thebruceirving.com. And the only reason I have the in front of it is because there is a there's a a, a large majority of Bruce Irvings, believe it or not. And, huh. and one of them is like a real estate agent in Boston, and that's not me. I'm in Boston. <laughs> but okay,
1: thebruceirving.com. Awesome. Yes. And as far as the podcast, they can just find them by searching the podcast directory for either local business podcast or Smart pizza, Biz, uh, Smart pizza Marketing Podcast?
0: Yes, you can find them. We're on iTunes, Spotify, all the podcast platforms.
1: You want to just explain the difference between the two podcasts?
0: Yes, Smart Pizza Marketing, we talk to pizza operators. And it's, if you're a restaurant or a pizza operator, go check out the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. The local business podcast, we expanded to talk to more marketing experts on specific genres like YouTube, or LinkedIn. And then we also bring in people from other businesses outside of the pizza industry. So it's more, you know, we talk to a salon, a real estate agent, a donut shop owner, and just ask them questions about how they're growing their business just to expand the audience a little.
1: Awesome. Bruce, thank you again for coming on and sharing your wisdom.
0: Michael, thanks for having me again. All right. Well, it's awesome to be asked to come back on a podcast. So Michael, thank you so much for having me again on the smart on the uh, social media marketing podcast. It's enjoyable. I love that show. One of my favorite podcast episodes to listen to. Thank you so much to you who are listening at home right now. If you want to reach out to me, you can. You can go to Instagram. I am at TheBruceIrving on Facebook. I am at TheBruceIrving and all the show notes is over at TheBruceIrving.com. Let me know from you. Where are you guys listening from? If you haven't yet, leave me a review on iTunes. That would be fantastic. But if you want specific episodes or let me know what industry you're in or into what who you think we should have on this podcast because we produce this podcast for you and we want to do the show that you want to listen to. So if you have some ideas or some guests that you think would be great, reach out to me on Instagram and let me know who they are and I'll get them on this podcast right here. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one.